0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Adrian Nicholl. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about refinancing, refinancing your mortgages. And actually, I can't believe that we've got to episode 90 and we haven't talked about uh, refinancing, which is such a crucial and important topic within property investment. So I will quickly explain what refinancing is and and how it works, and then Andrew will talk a little bit more in detail about how you actually go about doing it, given his background in mortgage broking. So typically when you buy an investment property, the way most people do it is that if you've got your own owner-occupier home that you already live in yourself, and say that that might be worth $800,000 and you've got a mortgage of $500,000 in it, then you've got $300,000 worth of equity, and you can use a portion of that equity, what we call usable equity, to take out a separate investment loan and go and buy an investment property. So that separate investment loan becomes the deposit for your investment property that you take to a separate bank, another bank, and buy that property through it. Now, you've bought that property essentially with 100% lending. Say that you bought a $500,000 property in that case, you would have got $400,000 worth of lending from your second bank, the second bank you went to, and $100,000 worth of that secured against your own home, but with your original bank. Now... Within that structure, $100,000 is, again, secured against your own home, and eventually what you want to do is get that off your own home and put that back against the investment property. However, you can't do that because of the LVR restrictions. So when you buy uh, an existing investment property or when you buy a new property, which um, by definition becomes an existing property once you own it, uh, you've got a 70% LVR restriction. So what you need to do is wait until that property, that investment property, goes up in value to the point where you've got enough equity within that property, more than thirty percent equity, so that you can then take the loan that is currently secured against your owner-occupier home, and then take it, refinance it, and put it against your your owner. Uh, sorry, your investment property. So the way that would actually work is you'd then go to your second bank and you would increase the level of lending that you've got against that investment property, take that cash out and pay down that secondary investment mortgage that you've got secured against your own house. So essentially what you're doing is just shifting the money around so that as that investment property has increased in value, or if you've got that property on a principal and interest mortgage, you've paid down that debt so that you're able to take the debt and not have it secured against your own property and secured against that investment property. That's essentially the crux of Refinancing? Have I got that right, Andrew?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I think that uh, that might be a bit confusing for some people. So actually, I'm just going to talk a little bit more about when someone might have taken out their mortgage with their own bank, their investment mortgage with their own bank. So um, I'll come back to that point of if you've used split banking. But actually, split banking is relatively um, unfamiliar for most start-out investors. And most most of the time when people go and buy their first rental property, they do 100% borrowing with their bank and the bank will give them 100% because they do have an interlocking guarantee against their own house. So if their house is worth 700,000 and they owe 200,000 on it, there's 500,000 worth of equity so they'll lend you uh, 100% on your rental property. Uh, and they'll link those in. Now, obviously, there's risks to doing that, so that's why we often recommend you do split banking. But um, if you've if you've financed with your bank, how do we um, undo that, and how do we go about refinancing? So, firstly, let's think about the reasons you might refinance. So, um. It's really interesting in this environment, uh, a lot of banks are charging a higher interest rate if you're an investor um, because they have to hold more capital and so therefore if it costs them more, um, they're going to pass it on to you. Now I've got, I had two clients in Wellington yesterday, one of whom, uh, they're both with the same bank and one of whom um, got a new interest rate from their bank of about 3.95%, exactly 3.95%. The other for the exact same term, which was one year, got 3.39. So the first client was being stiffed. Um, And so because the bank is just being a little bit harsher because he's got a a higher level of debt, um, he's now looking at refinancing his mortgages elsewhere. Now, because he's owned these properties for about five years, there's enough equity to move 100% of the mortgage across to another bank. Now, it's right. There is LVR restrictions in place. Um, if you if you uh, if you settle your property based on a hundred percent borrowing now, you can only refinance seventy percent in theory because you you can only borrow seventy percent once it's settled as an existing rental property. However, there's an exemption under the Reserve Bank um, regulations which allows you to move your loan dollar for dollar to another bank and it be exempt from any restrictions. So. If you've got, like, so this particular person um, had a mortgage of, say, let's say 450, the property is now worth 550, there's enough equity to be able to move that loan to a completely another bank. So um, he's got two rental properties, he's going to move them to another bank. That leaves his own house pretty much unencumbered, um, which is quite exciting. So it then means that they can take um, that interlocking guarantee and break that and put their rentals elsewhere. So it gives you more security. And of course, in this case, he's getting a better deal. Now, just one thing to be aware of if you are thinking about moving to another bank, if you're on a fixed rate, you might trigger a break fee. So you just want to look at that first, find out from the bank, what the break fee would be, and then of course find out what your new interest rate would be, and then figure out whether or not it's uh, you know worth your while doing that.
0: And just to jump in there, Andrew, what sort of break fees might typically be associated um, when you when you when you cancel a a fixed term term loan?
1: So it's not a flat fee. So um, a break fee is basically the the loss to the bank. So if you fixed for five percent um, three years ago and it was a two uh, three year term, um, sorry. Two years, uh, sorry. If you fixed for a three, um, a five percent interest rate three years ago, and you're on a five year term, you've got two years remainder. So if the new rate's three point five percent for two years, they'll charge you a percent and a half for the remainder two two years. So it's basically recovering their cost because they've already bought that money. Um, So. It's not, a, it's not an equation that you can do just yourself. You actually have to go to the bank and ask them what the break fee would be. Um, and, and then when you move to the other bank, obviously you're going to 3.5%, so potentially if you're only paying a, a point and a half, percent and a half, then you, you might break even, um, but it means that you're able to separate out those assets. Um, so, so often people do it for a better deal. Um, to protect their assets, so to kind of move move their rental properties away from their own house. Um, one other reason that sometimes people will do it is to reduce their personal debt. So you can't increase your investment loan um, unless you unless you have a taxable reason to do that, so often this is where people might use a look through company. So look through companies often used um, to hold investment properties. If maybe you move your own house and uh, move out of your own house and turn it into a rental, so often someone might use a look through company. Uh, s- similarly, you af- you can sometimes have to- an instance where someone might have owned a rental property for 10 years and there'd be a whole lot of equity in it and they might carry a personal mortgage, they might look to transfer that property to a look-through company, leverage up to the hilt and pay down their personal mortgage. Now, the, the debt levels would remain the same, but... What's tax deductible increases because that's now in the look through company, and your personal mortgage, the non tax deductible debt reduces. So that's something that if you want some, uh, if you want to kind of consider that, you need to talk to an accountant. Really important on that note that you make sure you don't trigger bright line test. So one of my clients is doing this right now. They own two rental properties, um, and they're moving out of their owner occupied and buying a new owner occupied. They were going to transfer all three properties, the owner occupied and the two rentals, to a look through company, um, to reduce the debt on their. A new property. Now unfortunately one of those properties would trigger the five year Brightline test. So they'd pay tax on, on whatever that increased amount, so that has to remain in their own names. Now just um, how it all kind of works, so if you do want to refinance from one bank to another, go talk to a broker, first of all, they'll make it really easy for you, they'll go and approach the new bank, um, get you a good deal. Um, the costs associated with that, normally it's about $1,500 worth of legal costs, it's pretty straightforward, and the bank will pay for that for you in most instances. Um, if you're looking at doing something like a look through company, um, and again, this is just, uh, if you go down that path, I'm not saying that that's a, a standard, this is just something, if you are looking at that, um, you need to probably set up a, the company which is about $1,000 through your accountant. Um, you might have to pay for a valuation on the property or property, so it might be about $500, and you're probably going to have higher legal fees, because it's actually a a a sale and a purchase, you're selling from your own name and you're putting into a look-through company. So it might be two and a half grand. So all up maybe, say, four grand um, if you're moving one property. Um, But again, the bank might contribute towards that, so just make sure that you're getting some really solid advice around that.
0: So I guess what we're saying within this episode is that this concept of refinancing is really about how you restructure your debt to get you in a better or a more secure, a less... Uh, risky financial position and there are a couple of ways to do that we've talked about refinancing between between properties we've talked about refinancing from one bank to another if you're able to get a better uh, interest rate uh, or, or, or better better lending in general uh, or a lending situation uh, and we've also talked about restructuring uh, restructuring between the different uh, holding entities that you're going to use whether that's a trust look through company or in your own name in order to get a more better beneficial tax situation. Now, I'm sure the the one thing that both Andrew have and I have in our minds is that if you're going to do this, you're really going to want to get some specialist advice. And so, would recommend talking to a a mortgage broker in the first instance, and also your accountant. Remember, a mortgage broker is not going to cost you anything to use because they get paid a commission from the bank. Uh, Andrew's talked about some of the fees that might might be associated with with seeking advice from a solicitor or an accountant. Um, but the one thing that I will say about refinancing is that al- although it can, you know, if you if you're running on the tr- treadmill at the gym or you're driving your car and you're thinking God this, this sounds really quite uh, intense and technical. The answer is it, it actually it is in many cases and that's why you would want to get some specialist advice because the the way you restructure or refinance your portfolio can have a significant difference to your ability to grow your portfolio and the costs and the costs associated with it, whether that's in terms of interest paid to the bank or in terms of the tax you're going to have to pay to uh, to the government in that case. So,
1: And so it is a very, very popular and topical thing at the moment. Um, I'm seeing a lot of clients who are on high interest rates or higher than what they are now, and they might be topping up their rental property by quite a lot. Um, one of my clients, another client in Wellington yesterday, the one that's dropping to that lower interest rate, um, their savings is about... a month. So not only do they not have to make a top up anymore, but they don't even have to worry about the tax rebate. It's going to be positively their portfolio is pos- positively geared by making a couple of quick changes. So um, if you do want to run this past someone, we're free to speak. Uh, you can have a chat to us, and and we can point you in the right direction of the professionals you can talk to. So it's
0: going to save them about sixteen point eight k per year. Some pretty good ju- Just by just by um, just by restructuring their debt, you know. So 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 not too far shy of twenty k. Um so that, it's definitely something that you should consider if you have a sizeable portfolio if you're on a higher interest rate uh, if you've financed many of your properties against uh, your owner occupier home several years ago where those property those investment properties might have gone up in value that's when you'd sort of start to consider this now of course please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to this podcast it really does help us get the message out to more people and retain that number one position we've got in the New Zealand business podcast charts and of course if you want to learn more about property Andrew and I, then why not check out our epic guide to property investment in New Zealand. It's available on our website and is a 16,000 word guide about how to invest in property within the New Zealand market. It is the most comprehensive guide to property investment in New Zealand where you don't have to put in your email address. And in fact, I think it probably is the most comprehensive guide uh, where you do have to put in your email address as well. Uh, So check that out or just Google it. If you Google property investment, it's the second or third thing that comes up within there. So let's bring in that outro music I love so much. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.